and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 70. We are in our seventh decade. I'm your host, M. With me is regular co-host, Jackson Tyler. Hi, I wasn't ready for 70, just as a number. Like, I was ready to start the podcast, but he said episode 70, and I thought, well, I guess last episode was 69, nice, which makes sense, but, oh god. We've been doing, We've this, been doing this for seven decades. <laughs> okay, this joke you've made... <laughs> Every I know. Time. I make this joke every time we do a milestone number. I'll continue to make it forever. So <laughs> okay. please just settle in. I'm settled. I'm pretty settled. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Jackson, how's it going? Ah, not great, but you know, you know. Yeah, no, same, same, same. We are prepping for end of the year already. So what have you been playing trying to catch up for a game of the year? <laughs> oh, it's been hard. You know, I've got I got to finish Assassin's Creed Origins. I got to I got to finish um fuck, what else came out? Horizon. I'm yeah. so glad we do the podcast we do sometimes. <laughs> I've been seeing people on Twitter who like aren't permanently employed in video game websites like rushing to oh, I've got to make sure that I finish Assassin's Creed. Uh and I'm like you're hurting yourself. It doesn't have to be this way. And I get it, because I've got to rush to play near because apparently everyone's decided that now's the time to fucking constantly talk about the ending on my feed. So I need to get it done in the next few weeks before I know everything. And, like, I don't know, the pressure is real, but God, it sucks. I've... It's fine. It's just the end of the year. We can calm down. We don't need to rush. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So what have you been playing? Oh, I've been playing Sonic Lost World. <laughs> and how is Sonic Lost World? You know, it's good it's fun it's fine what i did was i played three sonic games yeah i know that's how i live my life sonic hashtag sonic studies hashtag sonic studies that's me uh mm. and um it's interesting because so you have uh sonic forces sonic generations and sonic lost world were the ones i played um and Sonic Generations was 2011, I think. It's the one with uh, the two Sonics with classic levels uh, in two forms. Everyone kind of likes that one who is into Sonic. People kind of agree that it's a good Sonic game. Um, it wasn't like super critically well-received, but it wasn't hated like a lot of old Sonic games. Uh, then Lost World comes out, uh, and it's basically a platformer. Like, it's an actual platformer now. Uh, you go much slower. There's actual mechanics. It's not just press the boost button, go fast, make it happen. Um, and that's interesting. Sometimes it's really awkward. Sometimes the platforming's, like, not that great. But sometimes the levels are really cool. Like, I sent you this one level uh, called um, Desert Ruins in the Desert Ruins level. That's the joke. They insert an extra S in there. And it's just this weird... A vaporwave nightmare space with floating donuts and Oreos and it's beautiful. It's yeah, it's really cool. And there's a lot of cool stuff like that in the game. Uh, Jackson, does yes. your country refer to Oreos as cookies or biscuits? Um, no, they're bis they'd be biscuits. They might be. Hmm, I don't know. I would call them biscuits, but they could also be cookies. Like that's a that's okay. a that is a. If you ever want to just aggravate your whole, like, living situation, ruin your life, ruin your emotional state for a day, talk to your British friends about what makes a biscuit and a cookie the things that they are. You thought Sonic talk was going to be, a, a, like, <laughs> annoying. No, here we go. So a cookie has to have chips in it, is my opinion. Uh, the Oreo, it Oh, you mean french fries? <laughs> yes, I mean chips. You, you get chips at McDonald's. Yes. The thing... So... Me and Jackson have had this conversation for basically half a decade. Sausage rolls. What it boils down to is that the, the American conception of a biscuit doesn't really exist in the UK, as far as I can tell. It's kind of like a scone, right? No, no, yes, I don't know. Not exactly, but you know. Yeah, 
A biscuit to me is the general term for a. Well, I would just call it. A, I assume cookies is the general term. Like, do you yes. have custard creams? No, of course you do. Does What's America custard have cream? custard creams? What a stupid question. It's called a custard cream, so you should have been able to answer that. Uh, uh, a custard cream is a biscuit with two like bits of the biscuit, I guess, the hard bit, <laughs> with some cream oh, in the middle. We have we have stuff totally like this. Yeah, no, this would just be called a cookie. Okay, yes, no, I would consider biscuit the general term, and cookie is like a round one with chocolate chips like that is a form of biscuit anyway yeah. sonic lost world's all right yeah. <laughs> the... if you go to the biscuit wikipedia page <laughs> the like headline photo is an american biscuit which just looks like a kfc biscuit and three uh british uh bourbons i guess they're called yeah bourbons yes bourbons. yeah um, and it is hilarious how different those two things are. This Wikipedia picture is amazing. Someone just said, I'm going to put a biscuit and a biscuit on, <laughs> on this table specifically to settle these arguments in the future. Yes, no, bourbons are great. Bourbons are cheap and bad for you, but they're a good classic snack. Bourbons look exactly like what I think of when I think of uh, British cookies in that they look inedible and meant to be dunked into tea or some bullshit. Yep. Uh, please. Like digestives, which are I don't understand. Like, they seem like they would not aid in digestion. They seem like they would plug you up for a week. I mean, they're not healthy. What do you want? It's the UK. Like, we didn't... Bangers and mash. Like, what do you want from us? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Sonic anyway. Lost World seems cool. I, I have it downloaded. I want to play it. Yes. Uh, Sonic, Lost, yeah. Sonic Lost World is a cool time, but no one liked it because it's not really a Sonic game in the way that it had been conceptualized. And the platforming's, like, not that great, but... I would be very interested to try um, New Super Mario Bros. U, uh, which no one likes really that much also. Uh, uh, okay. Jeremy you, Parrish likes Jeremy it Parrish a lot. Loves it. <laughs> I remember the reception to that game being bad, and you tell me it's terrible. So I, I really you. hated that game, so... Uh, but I would be really interested to see how like Lost World compares to that game specifically, because there's a lot of 2D platforming and lost world that i find quite like it's quite cool uh and what is the mario game that was on that system like hold up to it like because they're very much aping mario in a big way anyway everyone hated that game so they just made generations 2 which is a game that everyone apparently said was good uh and now everyone hates that so fucking i don't know sonic like yep also like 20 people made generations 2 oh the credits for, for forces are wild there's like three level designers one lead level designer and two other level designers and I know, like, a lot of the criticisms of that game come down to the levels being very short and uninteresting. A lot of, like, you can basically just uh, hold down uh, the boost button and win the level. Yep. Uh, which is mostly true. But, I don't know, I want to hold down the boost button, I want to win the level, and I want to hear the music. Like, Sonic games are not deep, they are not, like, incredible experiences of art or anything, but they're a good, fun way to spend three hours, and that's what I thought Forces was. Uh, and yeah. going back was interesting as well. Like, Lost World's cool, but forces i think i prefer because it like look i haven't finished Lost well because i'm seven hours in and i'm not fucking done yeah that's just but too you much. might be done i might be done because like i don't care about the story <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know I, I wrote about it in the patreon letter a bit but um the gist of it is just that as someone who comes to sonic games and kind of enjoys them but isn't like in too deep on the like arguments about it. I just think they're fine for the most part. Like I enjoyed the older ones up to Adventure was where I stopped playing, and Adventure was fine until you played as anyone but Sonic. Um, and th these new games seem fine. 
there's nothing super wrong with them they're not that great they're not i I don't know why they are just instant objects of ridicule and also uh like just people are really angry at that game it's just i don't know it's fine there's much bigger things to be angry about i mean they've forgotten about it now because no one in games remembers anything for longer than a week but yep uh, if you want to find out more about those letters, you can go to patreon.com slash mapping and subscribe. You get writing at $5 pledges every week from me and Jackson. We trade off. It's good. They're good writings. People yeah, enjoy them. Writings. I like them. I think we do some of our best work in those. Yes. Uh, you said to remind you to put up the next one on the medium. Probably not. Uh, on, you didn't mean on the show, but I'm doing that anyway. Yeah, Please thanks. Do. We're trying to put up old ones on the medium, but life's been a lot these days. The couple with last week, so ah uh, yeah, past weeks, month. I don't even know. It's been a long. This year is going to be uh, tough. I am finishing uni, so I am going to be not the most reliable. But once we're out of those woods, and you're out of the car woods, and various different woods, the car woods sound like the most frightening woods of all. Uh yes, yes they do. Uh, hopefully at some point when I've moved into my new place out of London um, and I've done with school and everything, I might be more stable with stuff on my end. And I know your end is also not that great. So yes, if there's any inconsistencies, that's why. Please, please be nice. Please accept it. Please understand, as a wise man once said. I played Wolfenstein The New Order. What's which that like? is a game by Machine Games. It came out... Uh, in 2014 the sequel just dropped but because we're us i played the old one instead of the new one uh but that's called the new one wait they're both called the new something (laughs) shit yes you know what i mean (laughs) yes so uh that game's really interesting i remember at the time people were like oh it has some ideas but the shooting is bad and what they meant by that was not that the shooting was bad it was that it is like a throwback shooter where you have to pick up all of your ammo and health packs and the majority of the game is spent sprinting around a room shooting into the center of said room until all the enemies are dead which just so happens to be exactly the kind of shooter i enjoy because i like early 90s shooters uh I feel like the whole history of of abnormal mapping has been me being like I like Doom, I like Wolfenstein, uh, I like I liked Dark Forces one and really didn't like Dark Forces two. Um, so yeah, this this is uh, this game was right up my alley and I I just put it on easy, had a great time. You can stealth through levels and then the the minute stealth breaks down, you just whip out dual wielding shotguns and take care of everybody. Oh, uh, this is so good. Uh, the story is pretty decent. It's very ridiculous. Uh, if you play Wolfenstein: The New Order. Uh, save Wyatt. Don't save Fergus. Come on, don't be the like. Understand how a story works, please. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I need to play it now to understand that sentence. In the first chapter, you're given like a choice of who are you going to pick to save because the 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 evil guy is like, I'm going to harvest one of their eyes, and you get to pick which one gets their eyes harvested. And there's Fergus, who is like he's like scottish and he's the old grizzled guy who is like your fake soldier dad and then there's wyatt who is like the young guy who is having a panic attack and early on in the game you're like don't worry wyatt just learn how to breathe i'm going to teach you breathing to calm yourself down and in that situation the father figure is always the one who dies come on it's the opening of a video game wait so hang on that's how they open it and pe- there's an argument but okay i'm on your team like you yes. save the like you set up that situation i'm gonna save the young guy like usually in that scene in the movie the old guy will give a line like it's okay you, you know you've learned everything you yes. know i'm sacrificing myself and then the hero will have guilt about it for the rest of them i've seen a movie before i've seen a movie anyway before. anyway the stories <laughs> diverge at the home base depending on which person you save and if you save fergus you get like steampunk nonsense and if you save wyatt you get like cool like reflections on white supremacy in america so clearly you should have saved wyatt come on i'm i'm gonna do it i'm gonna save wyatt yeah. 
Yeah. It's the right choice. Anyway, the game is cool. Uh, people are talking up that new one, and I'll play it in two years when I can buy it for $10 like I did this game. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll report back on the new Colossus in, like, episode 120. The thing you talked around that is the thing I had, that I wanted you to admit on air, or not admit, but uh, it cemented your feelings on Doom 2016, close brackets, as oh, Doom bad. 4. Yes, Doom 4, the fourth Doom. Yeah, the fourth Doom sucks. So this game, so everyone was talking about like, oh, the battle arenas, you can like run up to guys and there's a good combat loop and you, you, you stagger them and you do the glory kill and then you get ammo and you run around and... That stuff just exists in Wolfenstein, and everyone complained about that game because you don't get the cool animation of you ripping a demon's head off. Instead, you just, like, run around and jump over cover and try to get guys. Because there's, like, a cover system in the game, and anyone who plays it that way is just causing themselves hell. Like, come on, run around the room, jump over things, fire as fast as possible. You can just go through hundreds and hundreds of bullets in seconds in that game, and it's really good about that because everybody drops guns that are just full of ammo, and you just need to play it as messy and fast as possible and it's really good about that and it just it feels better than doom it doing the same thing mm -hmm. i like uh, it a lot the other thing probably turn the difficulty down a lot of complaints about oh the yeah game no being i hard. i played i played this game on easy uh it's great because you can just blaze through and have a good time like yes i look play your games on easy people unless you really want to unless you know the kind of game you like and you really want to challenge yourself with that game anything that's kind of outside your reals i say play on easy playing on normal is for people with like lots of time and not a lot of games and that's not any of us so, yep. I, I played the new order in like five hours because I played it on easy. So, I don't want to stand behind like the same bit of cover trying to work out how to get to the checkpoint ever again in my life. I played too many 360 games. Yeah, no. Instead, you just run at everybody. Yeah. 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 Well, that is it for that segment. No, it is not it, actually. Shit. One more thing before we move on to the next segment. We have a new podcast on our network. Oh, yes, we do. If you go to abnormalmapping.com slash novel not new, that's three words, but you put them all together in the URL, you will find Novel Not New, which is our new podcast hosted uh, by Jen Uncle uh, with me and Colin Detmar on it. It is a visual novel game club that is aiming to release every month, probably around the early parts of the month because Abnormal Mapping is always at the end. And it is kind of this style of podcast, but specifically about visual novels. Uh, our first episode was about Dream Daddy, which I really loved. Our next episode is about Narcissu, which is an older visual novel that you can find on Steam or just on the internet. Uh, you know, it's like Narcissus, but without the ending S. You'll find it. It's easy. Uh, and uh, please look forward to that. Please listen to it. Uh, you can send any comments about that podcast to the same email address as this one, podcastabnormalmapping.com. Uh, you can, you know, follow Jen and Colin. Uh, Jen is also like popular in the same way Jackson is for being topical about things and is suffering the same hell. So please be nice to Jen. <laughs> uh, Jen's thread blew up in a way that none of my, like, I've blown up for dumb, bad jokes, but Jen got like 6,000 retweets on a thread about uh, representation of Asperger's syndrome. So rip Jen. Yep. Uh, I hope her mentions are okay. Be nice to Jen. They're the best. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, Jen's great. So, yes, please enjoy that podcast and all the other podcasts on our network. We'll plug those all at the end. Until then, let's have a musical break and get into our game club, which is Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, both game and movie.
Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time is a game from Ubisoft Montreal that came out October 28th, 2003. It is on all of the platforms of that era, I feel like. And many um, since. And many since. Uh, and it is a reimagining of the ideas of Prince of Persia, which is an old PC game created by Jordan Mechner. Uh, it is designed by Jordan Mechner, who came back to Ubisoft specifically to make this game. Uh, it is considered of its age one of the better games of the time. Uh, I have played it before. We both played the HD collection version on PS3, which was probably a mistake. It's uh, not good. I recommend you do not do that. Yeah. Um, I know it's on PC, but that version, if I remember correctly, doesn't work very nicely with game pads. And I couldn't imagine playing this game on a keyboard. So maybe yeah. just break out your PS2 or your GameCube if you have them. Or yeah, an Xbox, I, I suppose. Perhaps. I, I guess you could put it on your Xbox One. Uh, does that work? Yes, it is one of the few original Xbox backwards compatible oh, games. Oh, right. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, totally. If you if you were one of the 17 people like Jackson has an Xbox One. I still didn't do it that way because I wasn't going to buy it again. Yeah, no, that's fair. But it is on Xbox One. It is backwards compatible. Uh... This is a action platformer in which you are navigating the environment, fighting enemies, running on walls, jumping from pillar to pillar, swinging on stuff. You know, the things you do in one of these style of games. Uh, if you listen to our Tomb Raider uh, Pentology uh, episode, uh, which was that earlier this year or was that early last year? That was this year. God, this has been the longest year of my that entire life. That was this life. January. <laughs> I want to shrivel up and die. <laughs> uh it's been a long time uh you can listen to how much we love games in which you climb on stuff uh i love it i played this game um probably around like 2006 or so um and really enjoyed it then no that's not true because i learned about it from thumb so it'd have been 2008 uh because that's when they started talking about it um and i really liked it then and not really returned to it since now Jackson, tell me about what the story of Prince of Persia Sands of Time is. Okay, so Prince of Persia Sands of Time happens this... Okay, those were words, they were not in the correct order. So what happens <laughs> in the Prince of Persia Sands of Time um, is that the Persian army attack a city uh, and they capture the city, they get a bunch of slaves, they um, find this dagger, uh, and they're like, oh, this dagger... Uh, and they take it to the hourglass that has also been captured and shove it in the top. Uh, and it turns everyone to sand thanks to the machinations of the vizier, who's like, maybe you should shove this dagger in the, the sand hourglass. And they go, they do that, and it turns everyone to sand. And then the entire rest of the game for six hours is you going to the place where he is to try to stop him. Yep. Uh, this is... Uh, filled with the only other non-sand person who happens to be uh, a hot lady daughter of uh, the Maharaja, the Maharaja named, Farah, yeah. the named Farah, uh, and you have banter and relationship building for the rest of the game until the end of the game, where you get together or don't, or oh, I guess I could just say, because it's not like... Anyway, you get to the end of the game, you realise what you're going to do, uh, and you she dies tragically, and then you turn back time back to 
before anyone got turned into sand and go talk to her again and save her life because you love her. It's uh, No, you go to meet her like where she is before her palace oh, is ransacked. And then the vizier shows up because the vizier is like, oh, he's run off. Apparently he's already done all this before. Blah, blah, blah. I have to stop him from undoing what will eventually happen. And then you have to beat up an old man because the last boss fight is you beating the shit out of an old man. And it's pretty good. Yep, you beat the shit out of that old man. You tell her the events of the game. Which is the narration of the game, because yeah. the game's whole mechanic is when you die or something, you go, oh, that's not how that happened. And then you roll back time. Yeah. And then the game ends with this really nice uh, moment of him, like, trying to, to like, oh, rekindle this relationship, but shit hasn't happened to her. So she, he just leaves her and runs away into the night. It is a, it is a good ending. The game is good. It's a good game. It's a good game. I understand how in 2003 people were like, yeah, this is it. Video games. Uh, it is the Uncharted 2 of its day. Oh, <laughs> that hurts me. I say that knowing that Uncharted 2 is a terrible game that I hate a lot, but also knowing that without this game, like, literally Uncharted doesn't happen because this game in many ways is just Uncharted. This game is identical to Uncharted exactly 100% completely. Like, it is just an Uncharted game. You do You jump on things... And then you do a combat encounter that goes on too long. It is the same game. <laughs> and then and then your characters banter together playfully until the next one of the other things that happens happens. Yeah. Yes. Uh, way more puzzles. Well, yes. Uh, it is an older game, so there's more puzzles. There's more like involving platforming. Uh, less guns. Less no guns. Less guns. Yeah, that's true. Less guns. Yes, <laughs> accurate. <laughs> Far more levers. Yes. Uh, there is. Our favorite Whatever. character. <laughs> yeah, so, so the game is like, it takes place over an entire day. Like you start and you're like ransacking the palace and then the entire events of the game take place through the night and into the morning of the next day where you finally turn back time all the way from before everything happened. Um, and it's like, it's like staggered out that way. We're like, you know, like everything feels very compact. Like you see parts of the level that you like, you see the end of the game really early on and you're like, we have to get all the way up there and it seems impossibly far away. And then by the end of the game, you climb up there and it's great. But uh, that means that like for parts of the game, you're just like going through the castle defenses. And there's this one scene where there's one other person that has not yet been turned to sand, who is the guy who's going to explain to you how the puzzle works to open the castle defense systems. And he is the loudest fable British man in the entire world where he's like, pull the lever. No, no it is always lever. This game is hundred percent lever. Every Every time okay. they say lever in the movie, and oh, <laughs> it was mad because <laughs> apparently I care about that. But yes, he's like pull the lever into the second gate. <laughs> Spice marine. Spice marine. Uh, and then as soon as you do that, he turns the sand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so this game is going through these environments and you fight too many battles because the combat is really simple and there's too much of it. So you do the same leaping over a guy to hit him in the back until they start blocking that and then you bounce off a wall to hit them in the back instead for about 300 times. Um, and then you like every pool of water, you can regenerate health. Like that's how that works. You just drink water and it refills your health and... Outside of that, it's the jumping and climbing stuff. I mostly want to talk about the jumping and climbing stuff because I hate the combat. Jackson, the combat in this game is fucking terrible. It's really bad and there's so much of it. And I was like getting sick of this fucking game by the time I was like getting towards the end. Because while there are stuff that I like a lot and luckily it landed the like narrative ending incredibly well. Uh, there's so much combat and it's all so bad and every encounter feels like it takes five years. Yep. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> 
and not that it necessarily does take five days like they are long but you're not exaggerating you do one move every time because it is clearly the only move you should be doing and then yep. they block that move and then you do another one move and it's slightly more annoying to do because you need a wall next to you yep and that's it uh, that's the entire game uh let's talk a little bit about the uh like heritage that this game spawns the sequel of this game uh prince of persia war within is infamous because they took the complaint that the combat is bad and decided that they were going to make it like a fake god of war and just fill it full of grim dark combat with like heavy metal over the top i'm very interested in war within and then everyone hated that game so when they rebooted prince of persia in 2008 with prince of persia brackets 2008 uh <laughs> that game has literally four enemies that are the bosses and you fight them at the end of every level and uh, the rest of the game is just or you like have like like duels with them where you clash with them as you go through the level until you finally fight them at the end and most of the level is just navigation and climbing platforming stuff yes uh, i'm very interested in that game i've played a bit of it when i was younger but not that game much. is really cool yes. uh it it's it is like a weirdly sanded off version of this game where i feel like it feels a lot less special because it is kind of really streamlined if it almost feels like it would be like a like one button ios version of this style game in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. Uh, i think a lot about like jordan mechner's karateka remake which is a mobile game i think you get that on steam and stuff now which is a really cool game i think of that as an xbox live game okay uh i played it on my phone okay yes um but that is also like a a cinematic combat game that is like entirely like like three buttons, right? It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and the original Karateka was also like that. And the original Prince of Persia was like, let's do really like concrete platforming challenges. Like it's a game about like incredibly fluid animation of a character doing a lot of elaborate jumps and stuff. And this game is a lot like that. Yeah. Uh, like you told me, and I agree, that this game feels like a rhythm game in some ways. Like mm-hmm. it's at its best when you are doing um actions in order in patterns like you run on the wall for this exact many steps and then you know exactly when to hit the jump you know exactly when to hit the like swing you, like these obstacle courses are arranged as sequences they are not things to jump on it is not a platformer in that sense where like you have a space which you navigate through your own like jumps and choices it is instead a set pattern that you follow and execute uh to the timing of the level Mm. Uh, and it feels very different but very cool like i like it a lot uh yeah so the main loop of this game outside of the combat stuff is you go into a room and you find your little save point which is like a glowing pillar of sand you get in it and you get a vision of like the challenges ahead and it'll give you some hints about what you're doing or where you're going and then you're in a space and you're like okay well i see where the exit is because the vision showed me that how do i start to get up there and so you need to find like your start point because there's only ever one like run up run up this wall to hit a button or climb up this pole and then you get going and then the rhythm is always like climb a pole to swing on a rope or swing on a like a uh what what i want like a bar to get onto a higher level and then you run across a wall as dagger blade or saw blades go up and down the wall and you avoid them and then at a specific point that is determined because there's a banner on the wall you leap off of the wall and onto another pillar that's broken and you use that to get up to a higher wall than that and you just keep going and the way in which you chain together stuff to finally reach the end and be like oh new checkpoint new save uh and do it all over again is really satisfying Mm mm-hmm the prince feels like super acrobatic. He has a ton of like the animations of like jumps and stuff in this game are a lot for this era. Like he he does a lot of really neat stuff and he looks very cool doing it. Well, by making it into more of a game based on like the timing of the level that you engage with, it doesn't matter so much that the 
animations are so prioritized like it yep. takes a while from hitting a jump to do the jump which in any kind of platformer would be just death but because it is a game about following these set paths of obstacles and not a game about moving like freely through the space in that sense uh it is com- able to make it work and so you get the just incredibly detailed uh animations that like come from the legacy of this game with the rotoscopes because that's what this game was right the yeah, the original is yes. like Jordan Mechner filming his younger brother in a parking lot doing like flips and jumps and stuff and then animating over the top of it with sprites. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you, you can get... you can actually find that original footage on YouTube, I think. <laughs> yes, I need to watch that. Yes. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, so they like that's how they uh, bring that idea into the modern era of just incredibly detailed animation prioritized movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very cool. So yeah, the, the uh, I want to talk about a little bit about the background of this. Um, so Ubisoft bought the Prince of Persia license, but Jordan Mechner owned the IP rights, which doesn't really make any sense to me. But so like they held the old games, which nobody cared about, and he owned the rights to like the the idea, which means that they really couldn't do much except re-release the old games without him, right? Like I don't know why they would have bought them except to do the thing they did, which is make a new one of these. Well, they managed it. Like they may have yeah. done the wrong thing, but they did it, I guess. <laughs> So they, they, they got him aboard to be, like, their consultant or whatever and gave it to Ubisoft Montreal in the middle of them developing Tom, uh, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. This is the era we're operating in. Video games were a weird thing back oh, then. Oh, right. Yes. Splinter Cell. Yep. Yes. So they split off a team to work on this, uh, which was 65 people, which I can't tell if that's a lot or not at this point. It sounds like a lot of people, but I bet way more people than 65 worked on Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell 1? Hmm. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. The, the ramp up from like teams being twelve people to teams yeah. being a hundred people happens so fast that I can't tell if at this point on the curve sixty five is a lot or not. So Jordan Mechner wrote like this elaborate story of like the prince with multiple love interests and multiple villains and multiple sidekick characters that were like a bunch of political factions that were set around the castle as you explored it. And then they looked at it and they were like, "This is clearly not going to work." Uh, and so they scrapped all of it and they were like, well, what do we have? We have this, we have the idea that called the sands of time, which is they, they had like the rewind function cause they wanted a rewind function to make the platforming challenges easier, which is important because when they take away your rewind function at the end of this game, it's the fucking worst thing they've ever done. I hate it so much. <laughs> so they had that, they had the idea of like a castle that you explore in like a single day. They wanted like a one location that you see all of over the course of like a day and a night. They wanted acrobatics because Prince of Persia was known for like fluided, mo- fluided, fluidic motion and stuff. Um, and then they had like the idea of the story, which they reduced down to like like a romance and these characters that can interact with like a helper character that is like not a full escort mission that can actually fight, but like isn't infallible. Like she can hit you in combat and she can be in danger, but she's usually okay as long as you're on your on the ball. Uh, and those are like the things that they focused on, and that's basically the exact game they made. Yeah. They did. Uh, they, they were like, you know what's good? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and The Matrix. What if we just turned that into a video game? Which I guess they kind of did in their they own did. ways. I guess a lot of games did that, but they did it very yep. well without being obnoxious about it. Yep. Here's a good... I mean, this game, this game even has, like, gratuitous speed ramping, and it's not obnoxious. Oof. Unlike. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, there's this uh, great little uh, line from the Wikipedia page saying, The rewind function was suggested by the game's director, Patrice Tessalay, based on experiences playing Donald Duck going quackers, uh, or gone quackers. 
uh, where he had wished to rewind after making a mistake rather than restarting the entire level. In six years or so, Forza would finally realize they didn't do this. And uh, also, Patrice, Patrice Desolet goes on to create everyone's favorite Prince of Persia, like, stealing your thunder game, Assassin's Creed. He does. Yep. And then he goes on to create nothing. Yep. Yeah, no, like, so, because this game is, like, a very strict platformer, it is full of really cool moves of climbing on stuff, and then Ubisoft went and made, like, two bad ones, bad ones of these, and then they were like, what if we just put it in open world and we just focused on the climbing and, like, getting across big spaces with these cool abilities, and then took it away from Prince of Persia because they don't want to pay Jordan Mechner, and instead got a diverse people of backgrounds and his <laughs> face to create everyone's ongoing franchise. And then they did it again, because Assassin's Creed Origins was also going to be a Prince of Persia game early on, and then they turned it into Assassin's Creed. Uh, that's why it's in Egypt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great. Yep. <laughs> the sand places. Oh, yep. God, that's, un- that's uncomfortable. Yep. Diverse people, religious faiths. Uh, I bet it wasn't originally in Egypt, to be fair. Like, that's probably a really early concept of, like, an open-world, like, desert game. I guess that's true. I guess that's it was probably fine. But you say, oh, the Prince of Persia game beca- became the Egypt Assassin's Creed game, and you go, hmm. Yep. No, for sure. Like, as a sentence. The details yep. are not necessarily, you know, but... Also, also uh, one more bit of trivia. This game is in the Beyond Good and Evil engine, called the Jade engine, of course, because of course it is. Of uh, if you go back, many, many years ago, we did the uh, Beyond Good and Evil HD, like, as a game club. That game's fucking terrible. This game is so much better than that. <laughs> <sighs> we do not like Beyond Good and Evil. Yep, that's us. It's a bad game. Maybe go back and play more than the first two hours of it, because it really falls apart. I went and clicked on the Jade Engine, and games that use the Jade Engine include all the Prince of Persia games, including Forgotten Sands. Uh, I think just on the Wii, though. Oh, that, that makes sense. Uh, and Raving Rabbids, and also everyone's favorite B game, Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game of the movie. Uh great, great. Everyone great, likes great. that. Is a like a a cult classic. Is it? I all I yes. know about it is everyone played it for achievements. <laughs> No, that is a genuine cult classic. Okay. I know of people who think that game is cool. Well, I'm not going to play it. That is, that is a way more recommendation than I can give to the actual Peter Jackson's King Kong, which is a fucking bad movie. I am tragically more likely to watch the movie than play the game. <laughs> no, that's fair. Look, it's worth seeing once. It's, it, has, it doesn't hold a candle to actual King Kong, which is a really good movie. Well, yeah. Uh, it also, because it's Peter Jackson coming out of Lord of the Rings, like, the big problem is that movie's fucking three and a half hours long or something ridiculous. Great, great. Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. Anyway, back to the video game. So, one place where we differed is that you played through this game, and you got the good experience where the game... So, I played, about- I played through this game in about, like four or five sittings, mostly talking to you on Skype while I was just like blazing through because I'm like, this is kind of my like pet genre that I really enjoy. So I, I like, I got hung up every once in a while. There's annoying stuff. Those birds suck. Like there's some birds you have to fight that are the worst thing in the world. But outside of that, I really, and I didn't really like the end where you don't have powers. uh, And I died like six times on like a single jump and had to redo a whole section every time. And that was really bad. But uh, I had like a pretty good experience. I kind of blazed through. I was done in like five hours. I had a good time. So I was talking about nine hours to play this game, maybe even more. I didn't look at the final time, okay? Because uh, you know I finished the game, but I was up there, uh, and um, this was due to 
basically every other so the problem is it, it's almost like an adventure game uh in terms of its pacing or at least it was for me in that the game is excellent when you know what you're doing and when you know what you're doing you go through every step very quickly but the second you're stuck you're stuck for an hour going where is the one ledge i need to jump on i've missed the signposting in the level where's the one thing i need to do at one point so i i so my thing is i own so like i like we we aren't really going to talk about it because of a lot of obvious reasons if you follow game news but like i'm just coming off of uncharted lost legacy um where I, I played and, you know, like those games are built off of these. So like, this is like a genre I kind of just play on the regular. So I mostly got stuck. I think I got stuck like twice. Once in that awful sewer rope room that you also got really stuck in because that oh, room's terrible. Yes. Um, and once somewhere else. And what I would do is if I could not find the obvious path within about three minutes, I would look it up on YouTube. <laughs> yep. No, I... I... Because of how I sit playing games, like I would have had to go up and get like just that one little bit of resistance that it's not just on on me at all times like if i had my phone on the other side of the room no i would just poke at the game more and i remember being stuck at like this this one area uh where you put the mirrors in the light beams like classic light beam mirror situation video oh right you were talking to me about that was that a bug actually or was it you just did something wrong uh i just did something wrong so okay what it was is that when you push the mirror there's a there's a column you need to push the mirror to so that you activate um the thing that you need to proceed and what you do is you push the mirror along and it hits the column and it activates a cutscene that shows the mirror activating uh so then i and what you have to then do is turn to your right where you can jump down onto this ledge and then below them are these like platforms that extended out uh mm. but because of it like it didn't show that ledge to me i didn't, never saw it like it panned across it too fast i never recognized it as a interactable point so what i did was go back the other way to where the column that lit up was uh thinking oh, oh no it's been activated now i need to go back to the column so i do that and then then the column's not lit up anymore so i re so i have to go back move thing and because there's no cutscene to activate well, there's nothing to put it in place and the actual spot where that will line up is tiny without yes. I got in the general direction and the cutscene lined it up for me. Oh, and that took forever. Then I couldn't tell that you need to jump down the platform. So I'm like running around this bit. And because it's, because it's actually very linear, it's hard to explore areas like that. You're just going on bits and falling down because there's no way to get back where you were. Oh, yeah. Because it's actually tunneling you very Yes, heavily. the game gives you very large rooms and they feel overwhelming. But because it is a game that's about like going through the path, like platformer wise, the rooms are not actually like big puzzle rooms. It is a specific path that you take along it. And then when you're done, you feel really cool. But the actual game is extremely limited and limited and often locks down like the camera to give you you only go this direction because it's the right direction uh yep. not to not talk about your experience just like the game is specifically like the most linear thing well no i mean that that thing is what makes it so frustrating because when yes. those tools don't like when you are waiting for those things and like why isn't the camera moving the camera says this i'm looking at this none of these tools are telling me where to go there is no you can't actually explore and poke at the world you're just stuck yeah. uh and then eventually you get a youtube video and eventually you see where to go uh, and I had to look at that YouTube video like four times because I thought I had seen the thing I need, but there was actually another thing. Like, oh, God, it was a nightmare. The other awful room, which is the room that you say is the worst room in the game, is the bit where uh, you have to get across from one side of a like a gate to another. And the gate is a half gate where half of it is like, you know, like lines. But um, what's the word for a, a gate? Bars. Solid bars. Yes, bars. Half of it is just a solid gate, and you need to raise the gate so the solid bit is high enough that you can run across the platforms. The way you do that is to walk 
across thin narrow beams go down pull up the thing and then you need to climb back up those thin narrow beams navigate them quick enough to get to the starting point again and then run across it was impossible uh yeah no it is i that is like a notoriously bad room in that game like when people think about that game uh that is one of the rooms everyone complains about it is an infamous uh, i remember back in the day it being an infamously bad like room Yep, it's uh, whew. it's so between those two things, and like there were other moments as well. Just the the pace of the flow of this game that just kind of was very effortless was broken up, and it was incredibly frustrating for me. I just didn't have yeah. uh the the feel down, which which sucked because the bits that were good were good. The other thing that sucked, and this is specific to the version that we played, is that the game is mostly defined by you walking around and banter between the prince and Farah. You can't fucking hear Farah. So what I did is I turned down all of the audio except the voices. Oh shit, that'll do it. That is an yes. option for that, isn't there? The one thing that happens there is that the the actual cutscenes that are like a compressed bink video or whatever are not dictated by like the sound mix is different for those, so those are inaudible. But there aren't very many of them. Yeah. Oh, the whole it was yeah, it was a bad situation. So for, as you're meant to be like getting this banter, I was getting like maybe forty percent of Farah's dialogue, more of the princes, but oh uh but then like there's moments where that game is like really cool i assume you like had a really good time inside that giant bird cage where you just feel awesome yes the bird cage is great <laughs> yes like that's one of the big set pieces to me is the giant bird cage and uh like the caves once they introduce like the uh the giant icicles that break off like that whole area flows really well i feel like but yes but so what happens is i spend an hour trying to do that jump to get on the gate and then i run into the caves and like this is cool and that likes five minutes and then i'm in a combat sequence for 10 minutes like yeah yeah no. <laughs> like the cool parts of the game by design because they're the thing that is good about them is moving through space at such a rapid rate uh the second you slow down you have to spend proportionally way more time on the shitty bits and there's no real solution to that that's just no there really isn't uh but like in the best moments where you are just doing dizzying like like towards the end of the game there's like that bit where you were just climbing up and up and up like the inside of a tower where there's not actually platforms much Mm -hmm. you were just like going around the outside walls just being like the best climbing lord that's ever existed uh and it it does that thing that like i think of as like the uh the bionic commando remake thing where at the very end of the game it just gives you set pieces that make you feel like you were doing like actual impossible gravity defying things Mm -hmm. where you're just going so high you might as well just be nathan rad spencer going up into space grappling off angel mechs which is how that game is hang on (laughs) space you don't go into actual space but you go like those angels like go up into the sky and then you grapple up the angels like all the way up you're like hundreds of feet in the air like you're way above the city like the city's tiny below you at the end of that game oh i never like that's the actual end sequence of that game is you going up like radically higher than anything else in that game i never finished that game i should finish that game it's really good why farm (laughs) wife farm wife farm no wife dagger in this game no wife dagger the dagger's just full of sand (laughs) yes anakin skywalker would hate this dagger anakin skywalker would be mad if he was the protagonist of this game no some jedi hate this dagger find out why (laughs) oh this this dagger kills younglings (laughs) all the younglings turn into sand (laughs) 
So yeah, that, that's Prince of Persia. We I don't know. So I is that how we know uh, when our conversation's over? Yes, I think <laughs> yes. Jackson a video review from one Greg Kasavin of Supergiant Games who reviewed it for GameSpot back in the day, and it is one. It's like an eight minute long video when it needed to be three, and it, so it's intolerable, like all video reviews of the era. But it opens them talking about like this is a good game for people who like don't play a lot of games. Like it's a great like beginner's game because it's very easy to understand and do, and. It is weird how games have evolved in the intervening, like, 15 years. Yeah, because that's not wrong, but it's also crazy. Yeah, because this is, like, a fiddly, like, kind of difficult game. Like, especially if you don't understand, like, platforming in 3D space. But there's it goes two ways, right? Like, there are ways in which this game, compared to games of its era, is just incredibly accessible. Even though games now, accessibility is something that's so much wider. Yeah. But there are also ways that games of this era are, on the whole, infinitely easier. Like, there are not a thousand level-up systems. There's yep. just a game. You just press the buttons to do the thing. Every game that is of, like, any kind of, like, size uh, or, or like, scope or marketing has a billion just systems of numbers that you need to pay attention to. And yeah, I guess... This- this uh this game gives you three new swords and they are all integrated into the plot like you have to go grab the sword and then he swings it and suddenly you're cooler yeah you just have a new sword and that's the progression you go through the spaces you the only other progressions are if you find secret areas you can get health bar extensions and they're always right in your way you're always going to find them also as the game progresses the prince like his beautiful shirt and like hat all get torn and he eventually is like shirtless by the end of the game yes that he gets a girl like i'm shirtless now moment yep it's very good not since batman arkham asylum going backwards through time have we had a character get so uniquely damaged in the course of a video game is Batman Arkham Asylum like the last big one of these? Or I know it's the big obvious one. So these are those are the only two of this game I can think of. That's what I'm thinking, but I'm like, that has to be a more obvious thing. But I guess games don't really take place in one space. Yeah. Or yeah. if they do, it's like an open world situation that's not it, there's not like and, yeah, it's a not story. like it's not like you're in one area over one night and you're just gonna get fucked up by the end. Like, like it's sn- it's the John McClane story. And as much as video games want to steal from eighties action movies all the time, they never steal the things people actually like about those things. I mean like the other ones of like that idea are like Snake Eater has that not with clothes, but your eye gets cut out yep. and also Yeah, no, for sure. Good. Snake like, Eater Resident, totally is one of those. Snake Eater is one of those. Resident Evil 4 is kind of one of these in a like yep. just unity of space and everything. But they yeah. don't have the you know your clothes don't get fucked up. Uh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh if anyone else remember because I'm sure there has to be more. I'm sure there is. If anyone else has some good takes at them at us on Twitter. Uh Tomb Raider 2013. Alright, well, you know. You're right. You're not wrong. I know, it does do this. Yes, it no, does it's, do it's this. A terrible game, but it does do that. <sighs> That's Prince of Persia. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, I I intend to play through Warrior Thin at some point. You so Jackson, let's just say what have you played any of the Prince of Persia's? I have played half of of uh, the Two Thrones. Okay, uh, I would like to play the other ones of these trilogy at some point. I have played 2008, which is a very good game that is much maligned by its ending, I think, which is fine. People were weird. That's a cool game. And then I played Forgotten Sands, which is a tie-in to the movie that we're about to talk about that 
is like it the prince looks somewhere between this prince and jake gyllenhaal prince and it is basically just a sands of time like expansion pack game but it all looks grimy because it's based on the movie but it's a really good game uh because that game has cool like when you stop time like waterfalls turn solid so you use them as like wall jump platforms it, it feels more like it's like somewhere between sands of time and like a mario challenge level mm-hmm it's a really cool game. I like it a lot. Yeah, uh, I've heard good things about um, Forgotten Sands. I know people like it. And I remember the like release at the time of that game. Everyone was like, "This game feels like old and throwbacky in a way." They don't really make games like this. I don't. I guess they could. They could do this. It's weird. I don't know why this exists. And now they've never made a game like that again, and everyone feels very bad about saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm <laughs> literally I'm, uh... the last one. I would love for them to make a new Prince of Persia, but they'll never make this style game ever again. So they, I, they'd make it a terrible RPG. Assassin's Creed isn't even about running on things anymore. Yeah, no, it's why I'm done playing Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I will never forget the moment of you like being in the middle of playing Assassin's Creed, ready for this like stripped down reboot, and it is that, but in the worst way for you possible. And it's, it's seven thousand RPG systems and very little running on things, and you're like, I'm out, I'm done, I'm free. I I literally alt F four delete local content on Assassin's Creed Unity when I saw that announcement. Yep, you saw it happen, and then the one you were playing, you just exploded into nothingness. It may as well not exist. Goodbye, set us free. And that is goodbye for us until after the musical break when we will talk about the film adaptation of this very good game. Maybe it is also good. It is the best reviewed video game adaptation film ever released. We need to go find that article and not just your theme. Is that true? Is that still true? talk about the greatest not the greatest the best reviewed video game movie ever made we looked it up we did the we did the job yes we also wikipedia the list that the beast cast wikipedia yep it is got a 36 on rotten tomatoes putting it one percent higher than the next highest movie yes which is of course jackson resident evil the final chapter which is actually a really good movie <laughs> before we get into prince of persia Resident Evil movies are good, okay? They're, it's a yeah. good series. They have almost nothing to do with Resident Evil except sometimes the characters <laughs> you recognize show up played by really bad actors that are clearly Europeans doing dubious American accents. Or sometimes uh, played by the like an actual movie star. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, inexplicably, sometimes Ollie Larder shows up. <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, Ollie Larder. What's his face from Prison Break? Oh, right, Wentworth Miller. I forgot he was in one of these before he became too famous again. Yeah, no, he shows up and then disappears mysteriously off screen in the next movie. <laughs> you know? uh, the, the Resident Evil movies are excellent. Like, they're not perfect, obviously, but they're very silly. They're very fun. Wentworth Miller plays Chris Redfield in these movies. They're good. <laughs> They are very good. They're all like 90 minutes long. It ends. It ends. It has a conclusion that ties up basically every loose end you could imagine and a couple you forgot about. No, a couple ones. It, like, it 
ends a completely different story. I don't know. These movies are all, like, connected, but also completely different movies. They're basically excuses to get Mila Jovovich into as many outfits as possible. And not, don't take that as, like, a, oh, these are just sleazy movies or whatever. Mila Jovovich is, eh. Mila Jovovich is very psyched to be in as many outfits as possible. Uh, listening to the DVD commentaries on one of these was great, because she's just drunk, going, man, this outfit was good. I looked hot. <laughs> Yeah, no, she she got her husband to put her in multiple very expensive movies where she looked cool and kicked ass. It is they're great. These yes. We are big fans of the Resident Evil movies. Go check and, them out. And and then one below that is a Mortal Kombat. So I that's have not also seen, a really good movie. But I have I have had it endorsed to me by you. It's totally like disposable, but it's it's cheesy and it's fun and it knows that if you just have a movie in which you have multicolored ninjas, it's already pretty cool. When the ninjas brazenly appear, yeah. you're already halfway there. Then one percent below that is another favorite of yours. DLA, Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Which is which is like people who really liked Mortal Kombat were like, you know what this movie doesn't have? Boobs. And they just made a colorful titty version of Mortal Kombat. And it's dumber, but it's, like, really into how dumb it is. Like, the villain's evil plan is that he has, like, science sunglasses that analyze all the moves of everyone who's fought in the tournament. And he right, uses them to become superpowered. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, video game movies are dumb. Yeah. <sighs> but they should be dumb, because video games are dumb. Video games are dumb. Uh, Which brings us to Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. The best reviewed. The most expensive. <laughs> directed by Mike Newell, who directed one of the bad Harry Potter films. Oh, yes. <laughs> you say that like that narrows it down. You Like one of the bad, uh, seven Goblet bad... Goblet of Fire Harry is a bad movie. Yes. One of the bad Harry Potter films. There are eight or nine Harry Potter films, and I'm going to assume that one of them is good. Like, so the story, I want to talk about the thing, Jackson. Fine, fine, fine. I'll <laughs> the story is by the story is by Jordan Mechner. Screenplay by Boaz Yakin, Doug Nero, and Carlo Bernard. Done very quickly to try to get in under the writer strike of two thousand eight. Yes. Uh, it is produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, who wanted this to be the launching off point of a new franchise that could rival Pirates of the Caribbean. Because even though this movie cost one hundred fifty to two hundred million dollars, that's probably a hundred million dollars cheaper than Pirates of the Caribbean probably i mean like a, a new parts of the caribbean movie yes you have to you have to film boats on water for those movies i guess you still do yeah i guess the whole thing is that yes. they the whole thing is that they actually film boats on water and i remember the commentary for the first movie he was like i understand why no one makes these anymore this is hell uh, i love master commander <laughs> music by harry gregson williams the lesser metal gear composer yes <laughs> starring Jake Gyllenhaal as Prince Dastan. I just want to go down to the development part of this Wikipedia page and insert this quote. The actor says, I never knew how much they were going to ask me to do, so I made sure I'd hopefully be able to do anything and overprepared for the role, gaining five or six pounds of muscle. <laughs> Starring uh, Gemma, is that it? Yes, Gemma Arterton. Arterton. That is not a name anyone in this country has. No, anytime anything to do with, well, Gemma Arterton, I guess, is the only one, came up for these two years. Every single podcast with Americans made sure to make this comment. And now, yeah, because no, we're watching this movie, we too have retrod this sacred ground. She plays Tamina, Princess of Alamut, who is the Pharaoh stand-in. Yes. Ben Kingsley plays the evil vizier, now known as Nizam, the brother of the king. Yes. Alfred Molina shows up. He's there. He's the only name I recognize past these guys. Who are, who are the brothers played by? I don't fucking know. Were any of them played by anyone? Richard Coyle. Yes. Uh, played 
played uh, the king guy. Toss. Let's see. Look, I'm, I have so many tabs open, Jack. <laughs> Uh, anyway, he's an English actor. Yeah, uh, what he is, is he known for? Other media, Jackson. No, this is I. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. Uh, all right, this movie's fucking terrible. <laughs> so this movie is two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so there are two movies that have existed in the past, and they are called uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and Lord of the Rings, uh, and those. Oh, both those movies are over two hours long, to be fair. So. Yes, but these two movies have been like put into a blender and they've said, what if this? What if this movie about uh, the Middle East, but it's Lord of the Rings, so everyone's doing ridiculous British accents and they're just acting like fucking British kings over here and that's just how we're going to play this in 2010. Yeah. Oh, it's not good. It's not good. So what's the plot, Jackson? Oh, God. The worst part is it's actually really complicated. So... <laughs> yes! <laughs> so, one part of information we need to have, need to have, crucial information, is that Dastan is a child who is a street urchin, uh, and then the king of Persia sees him stand up to the guards and says, Don't cut his arm off, which you would have done if I didn't intervene. I am going to take him in and make him a looks-to-camera real prince of Persia. That's not me improvising. That happened about no, four no, no. times in the movie. People, people call Dastan a good or real prince of Persia at least four times in the course of this movie. <laughs> Always with, like, a dramatic pause, appropriately. Yes. Uh, anyway, he's a prince, and so later on, um, he and his brothers, who are uh, of blood of the king, are... Uh, invading a city based on the pretense uh they're invading alamut's based on the pretense that alamut is uh creating weapons for persian allies or against persian enemies and uh obviously this is false information but they go in and then do the thing Uh, alamut by the way is a holy city that is peaceful they don't have weapons no but they do have the dagger of time which uh the prince finds in his um like you know uh, a fight during this opening section and then about 30 minutes into the movie the plot begins and his dad dies someone he hands his dad a gift this robe and it burns him the to death. robe was given to him by his brother yes because he forgot a gift because he's kind of like a layabout lazy prince because so he's a layabout lazy prince and so they're like oh my brother killed my my uh, my brother handed me this uh this robe that killed my father so therefore my my brother has killed my father but everyone thinks it was me because i handed my father the robe so i have to run away now so he runs away with tamina and they spend about 90 minutes bantering uh comedically slash romantically slash near neither of them and i want to die uh as they you know go on their adventure run into alfred molina who makes jokes about taxes um, so so what happens is the princess's home is destroyed because the bad guys think that it's a threat even though it's a pacifist place and then her and like the special boy have to banter back and forth and then a pluckish rug shows up it's just star wars and it's really dumb star wars it's really bad star wars <laughs> Because everyone who watched Star Wars when they were young apparently decided that human relationships are just about how much you can banter back and forth. And if you are really good at that, clearly you're meant to end up together. This, this One, this isn't even good bantering. No. Two, I don't even fucking like Han and Leia in the... Um, no, it's the worst part of what are otherwise okay movies. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that is the part that everyone latched onto is this is what all... Like, everyone watched, you know, uh, 40s, because, 50s, Scrooge Because they were and... stupid boys when they watched it. 
it, like, I get it. It, it, can, it can be good to have the, the romantic leads have tension and it's funny, you know. That is a genre of movie tried and tested, you know, their whole plays about that yeah. for centuries. It is a thing. But God, it's bad here. I don't like it as a popular modern trope. Yep. It's bad in most forms. Very rarely yeah. good. Sometimes, but very rarely. And in this form, so, yeah. it is one of its worst. They run into Alfred Molina, who runs an ostrich racing, like, illegal operation, and he's like, I'm a small businessman trying to avoid taxes, and it's, it's like, meant to be the comic relief, and they know that it's meant to be the comic relief, so he all he does is quip for the 20 minutes he's in this movie. And then the next 20 minutes is in the movie after he leaves the movie. Yep. Uh, he, no, he quips and tries to explain the one black person. Yep. <laughs> Oh. Because because there's there is one black person in this film because everyone else is just like the most tan white person doing a British accent. Sometimes and they're not even tanned. He's an African guy who throws knives. He's like a on a warrior and he has special knife throwing powers and he doesn't talk until the moment he does to tell someone wisdom because he's that character. Which at which point I just screamed, Oh thanks, Silent Bob at the screen. <laughs> Uh, it's bad. Uh, we still haven't got to the opening of the video game, by the way. This is how fucking long this movie takes and how needlessly complicated it is. Uh, the prince goes, okay, this is, uh, there's been a betrayal. My brother has betrayed me. I have to go contact my uncle and find out and, like, prove my innocence. He does that. Uh, obviously his uncle's the evil one because he's played by Ben Kingsley. So um, he's played by Ben Kingsley in eyeliner, basically sleepwalking into every scene <laughs> to lazily <laughs> deliver his lines, lean against something, and then walk out. <laughs> The Jake Gyllenhaal cares so like he's clearly trying so hard, which is embarrassing in its own right. But so much more when played against Ben Kingsley, who doesn't give a fuck. The only time Ben Kingsley seems to be having fun is the one scene in which he walks out and then shouts yes as he's leaving the set, <laughs> which I can only hope was his last day of filming. Oh, yeah, yeah. So obviously that goes really badly. Uh, then he has to run away from uh, his brothers or his uncle and realizes his brothers were actually innocent and um, uh, Ben Kingsley is the evil one. Eventually, after a lot of bullshit involving like the 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 assassins, I think that's how you pronounce the old assassins. Hassan scene, yeah. Yes. So what happens is Ben Kingsley goes to Assassin's Creed land where the assassins <laughs> live to get them to kill the Prince of Persia, which, you know, fair enough, it happened in real life too. And... The assassins are just fucking like they have like pale blue eyes that are contacts because they they have the spice that controls the universe. And that actually is just a bunch of good kush, which means <laughs> that they just fucking get high as shit and then stand on top of mountains as rock music plays and they summon sandstorms. The assassins are cool. I recognize it sounds like we're describing a really good movie right now. <laughs> we're not. We're not. But for a second, a man dressed all in black with piercing blue eyes stands on top of a mountain as like like. Uh, like rock video like filters play and he like has like a weird dance spasm and then a sandstorm appears and it's almost good <laughs> and he summons a sandstorm to like throw at them because he needs to intercept them and then they just get in a tent like it's the most non-threatening sandstorm they just kind of <laughs> sit in a tent for a bit and like have bad flirting on a horse <laughs> Yeah, no, their horse is laying down under the tent, and then they're leaned against the horse, and then there's a moment where you're like, are they going to make out on this horse? And they don't, because thankfully they have that much tact, at least. Yep. Oh, anyway, they continue on their quest to, like, get to, like, they realize his plan is to put the Dagger of Time 
into the big like hourglass but it's not an hourglass it's actually like a massive time crystal nonsense thing because it's seven stories tall but to put it into that and thus make the sands of time float eternally and rewind time back so he can let the the king die uh, and then the uncle would be king and get to rule as the prince or the king of persia and then he'll be the king um they have to stop him obviously by destroying the dagger by destroying the dagger and like making sure no one can use it obviously this entire plot of destroying the dagger does not matter jacks and we, we could just skip this whole thing because they fail to do that well no that's what i was saying obviously they did not destroy the dagger and you know they're not going to destroy the dagger because every like after the hour mark every five minutes of this movie someone dies someone new dies in horrific ways and after the third one you're like okay so obviously prince of persia they're going to rewind time and fix everything which eventually they do blah 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 they get there cg nightmare the day is saved um tamina dies he realizes his love and rewinds time and fixes everything except where in the video game he did this and rewound time to before the invasion happened here he rewinds it to right after the invasion yells oh this was a bad invasion thanks to ben kingsley here uh gets him killed and then goes into tamina and goes our bad sorry about the invasion here's your dagger (laughs) (laughs) and it works yes also it works what a because now he's man. like oh maybe we can get married and she's like i don't know you you basically just invaded and ruined my city and he's like well i've learned a lot from the adventure and she's like hmm that sounds interesting that's true that's basically the end of the movie he's like would would uh i trust a man who would uh like breach my walls and he's like well i am no longer the man who breached your walls and i'm like well you are though you just did that like a, a day ago also arguably a week ago in the version where you travel back in time you use your yep. infinite travel infinite time travel powers to time travel back to a time when everything was had already gone wrong but just not for you <laughs> yep her whole city got invaded you set it on fire yeah yeah this movie sucks so this movie is very expensive. Everyone's in a new costume, literally every scene. <laughs> and they all seem like really expensive costumes. Like it looks nice when they do that stuff. What doesn't look nice is every time they hit the button on the dagger and then suddenly Prince of Persia, the two thrones happens where like evil Prince is creeping up his arm. And then he like turns into a CG effect as he like vape, like comes out of his body and swirls around until he goes back in his body as the scene rewinds a minute because it only works for a minute. Yep. They don't have that much sand. Yeah. Also, every time there's like a giant army scene and it's just Lord of the Rings and everyone's riding horses through like over hills and through rivers and all the things you ride a horse around. That stuff's really bad. It has the thing that like screenplay writing has all the time in like modern movies that I hate a lot or just big blockbusters that is always awful where every character's line will be here is my character trait here is thing that happened here is what i will do like without fail that is every line of the movie like someone's like in the background uh he's 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 won the day and um uh the prince is the is a hero and someone rides past going oh hell the line of persia first line of the scene after this because that's not the beginning of the scene that's just like background flavor is guy says they're calling you the lion of persia (laughs) that is the level of quality throughout the movie lots of like i have not i have not guarded this dagger for 20 years for you to tell me what to do in a desert like yes these are your character traits and the thing that is happening i'm watching the movie it's there i I get it 
Yeah. God, it's bad. That's the whole... It's... Yeah. I would say it's very clearly a writer strike movie, but that just happens in all films. Yeah, no, it's not actually a writer strike movie. They got it done before the writer strike. It's fine. Yep. Uh, no, writers actually made this and put their name on it. Would also, because Jake Gyllenhaal is game for anything... And they are like, we want to make something that's like, uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean. And you're operating off of what is Prince of Persia. Jake Gyllenhaal jumps and climbs and clambers and free runs and parkours across everything in this movie. And <laughs> it's done with like gratuitous speed ramping because it's a movie from 2010. But it's also kind of cool. I actually usually like there are multiple times he climbs on something, the camera swirls around him and then he dives off of it like Eagle Vision in Assassin's Creed. And it's great. There is a lot of Assassin's Creed in this movie. Like he runs on rooftops. He jumps into not a hay bale, but into like a, a bunch of like cushions basically off a roof. Uh, he cli- He does Eagle Vision over Alamut. Yep. Uh, in maybe the funniest one he is running away from being chased down for murdering the king uh, and completely needlessly instead of running across the open road runs <laughs> on, on top of a series of posts that horses are on cutting the horses free when he could just run past and cut the horses free like a normal person like on the, on the other side of the thing but instead he just runs atop like with his swords going woof 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 uh, you forgot the other funniest thing is early on when they're celebrating sacking the city and he's like drunk, he does the Prince of Persia run up a wall, but he's <laughs> drunk. So he runs up the wall three steps and then falls flat on his ass, which is the thing that happens in Prince of Persia a lot. I mean, it didn't, you don't fall in your ass, but you do like miss the jump. Yep. Uh, and so then he's like, oh, I guess I didn't get it that time. And everyone has a big laugh and it's ridiculous. Yeah, he, he does that. He's got, like, the two... He looks like the warrior with imprints holding two swords all the time. There's a in the middle where he's got the 08 prince, like, bandana on. Yeah. Like, they clearly went through the Prince of Persia stuff. They tried to make it that. But, needlessly, I don't know, Jake Gyllenhaal's accent is also climbing between places. Uh, to be fair, at one point, he fights one of the assassins, and the assassins have the scorpion spear from Two Thrones, like the chain whip thing, yes. and that's cool. The bit where uh, that aforementioned only black dude in this movie fights the assassin is suddenly like there's always a lot of weird speed ranting and effects in this movie uh and by effects i mean like just like weird camera angles and jumping cuts and um just fucking awful shaky cam bullshit but in this fight suddenly like they'll do a thing where a punch will happen but then the movie will like freeze a frame for like six frames and then like do juddery zooms and weird things that you think are 3d effects but aren't this movie was in 2d crazy it's just for this scene is at this extreme like no other scene does it like this it's wild you know this is a bad movie and yeah jake gyllenhaal's accent is uh he can't even do british right no he goes between british and australian and uh, tries to do like cogni but oh god it's also he just pulls the most jake gyllenhaal ass faces the entire film he does just do oh the jake gyllenhaal face yeah Oh, it's bad. We watched it. We're free. We don't have to ever watch it again. We've both yeah, watched it twice now. We've both spent yeah. three, four hours of our lives t- in total watching this movie. Uh, I remembered shockingly a lot of it, but also I put a bunch of the Scorpion King in this because they're basically the same movie. And if you were going to pick one of them, watch the Scorpion King. 
Yeah. Uh, to me, that gets fucking nothing to do. It's amazing. There's a moment where uh, you think she's going to kill she, someone. She complains about how there's no water in a desert, and he basically goes, we don't have time to decide this by committee because Star Wars. <laughs> and then she passes out in the desert, but she's not really passed out, and she clubs him with a bone because it's a cartoon. Yep. And then he sells her into slavery because they're <laughs> meant to be together. <laughs> Banter. She hits him in the head and he sells her into slavery. Banter. Yep. <laughs> There's a bit later on where she like saves his life as he doesn't realize an attack is coming. And you think, oh, so she she takes this one. But she doesn't because she like warns him and he actually like, she's charging and distracts him. And then he turns around and throws a knife in the guy's back before she can do anything. Yes. Well, he clearly learned how to ride a horse and jump on everything and swing a sword. She clearly showed up just to be there and then get her paycheck and go home. And bless her, because she didn't need to do the work, and so yep. she didn't. Uh, also great is at the end of the movie, uh, she obviously has to die in order to make him rewind time. Yes. And I was convinced in my memory and in the scene happening that what she was going to do was going to grab Ben Kingsley and jump off into the abyss with him thus saving the world and actually doing something instead she just like falls off and then uh, makes she, the prince she, let so her she go. falls and he yeah because he's grabbing on her and she's like no you need to stop ben kingsley you can just fix this and then he's like no i don't understand how anything works in this movie and then she's like no you have to figure it out and then dies <laughs> well she doesn't want him to rewind time because they're saying if she, he rewinds time then all of time will be like engulfing like they say that if you open the sands of time, if you crack that, then everything will become nothing, and the sands of time will flow and destroy everything again, because the sands were like a promise from the gods, because also there's a whole gods... It all adds up to nothing! It's bad. It's bad. None of this ever happens, though. I know, but it's like the vague threat of why they can't do the thing that they do, but then they do it. Yep. And then the vague threat doesn't happen. But it does, because they're also stopping the vague threat because Ben Kingsley cracked the thing. Yeah, it's bad it's such a bad movie how do you i don't understand how you overwrite something as obvious as like this guy goes and climbs on a castle rewinds time and saves the world it's the thing about the game it's such a simple like it's just they go to place that they do thing that is the whole story of the game everyone turns into sand they go to the tower they rewind time they beat up an old man end of end of video game whole story yep in this one, they do not even get to the point where they encounter the like how the sand works until like an hour in. Nobody turns into sand. Not once does anyone turn into sand. There are multiple dudes who literally look like they're from Lord of the Rings. Not Jake Gyllenhaal, fake Lord of the Rings, but like actual Lord of the Rings men talking about what it means to be a king, and it's the worst. <laughs> they do do that. It's not called King of Persia. I don't care what it takes to be a king. I like the part where he tells him something that he didn't realize the king told him, but it's just generic kingly advice. But that's yeah, like, please, how did you You know? can always listen to your counsel, but always listen to your heart. That's <laughs> basically know? what the advice is. And then he's like, how did you know? I, he was alone when he told me that. How did you know? And I'm like, I could have figured that out. I think I could have figured out what the king told you, mate. Uh, right. This podcast is done, I think. Yeah, no, we're done. We're done. It's me, Mario. So, if you have questions, you can send them to podcastabnormalmapping.com. We don't have any. We had one that was about when the time mechanic, do you think it was, like, built to fix the game? And no, it was in there from the start. I mean, it was to fix the game, but they knew the kind of game they were making. They just want to make it easy. Uh, Yes, that was intentional and always there. Yep. 
next month we are so we have our game of the year podcast which will come out at the end of the month but mid-month we are doing another episode because we cannot stop we will not stop oh we can't be stopped we won't be stopped we are playing three video games that's who we are boy we are aren't we we are playing thumper by drool this is a 2016 rhythm violence game you can get it on windows playstation your switch it's a good game jackson likes it more than me but we'll talk about it it's one of the best games ever made we are also playing res which is uh developed by the united game artists uh this came out in 2001 res infinite came out on ps4 last year and then steam this year uh this is one of my favorite games of all time we will talk about it we are also playing NES Remix, which is from Nintendo. It is for the Wii U. We are playing the first one. If you have a 3DS and want to play along, there's an NES Remix 1 and 2, which is like a two-pack. Or it's called Ultimate NES Remix. That's a Japanese name. Sorry. Uh, it's like a two-pack. They take out a couple of things. Anyway, you can play that. You'll get the idea. We'll be talking about NES Remix. It's a Wii U game. We like playing our Wii U's. We want an excuse to do that. Those are our three games that we'll be playing. Thank you very much for listening. Should I do the plugs? Should I do the plugs? Yes, plug every one of our shows. Okay. God, this is going to be a lot. We've got a lot of shows. So, I am at Headfalls Off on Twitter. Our other shows include Second Officer Slog, a Star Trek podcast. Season 1 of Discovery has just finished, but we'll be back in January. We are doing our monthly book episodes, and then after Discovery is done, we'll be continuing through the Calvinverse adventure that we have planned. Had to put that on hold because of um, Discovery's absence was not as long as we thought it would be. Uh, that is at the best... Nope. That is at Star Trek Podcast.space. We yes. have the Amory score. Me and Molly are listening to Cohen and Cambria and reading the Cohen and Cambria comic, and they're fucking bad. Please join us on this journey. It's a good podcast. That is at INeedMayo.com. Abnormalmapping.com slash Novel Not New is where you can find our new podcast, Novel Not New. And talked about it at the beginning of the show. It's very good. It's about visual novels. It's a visual novel book club. It's good. Please enjoy it. The Great Gundam Project is on Patreon at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping for anyone who subscribes for $1 a month or, or, or more. Uh, Fireside Friends is at abnormalmapping.com slash Fireside Friends. Also no, it is at firesidefriends.net, Jackson. Yes, 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 yes. I remember now. Fireside Friends at firesidefriends.net. Uh, there's more. Is that it? We, I don't know. We do so many podcasts. No, I that's it. That's it. That that's... Is, there's Ryan and Owen's good podcast. You should listen to it. It's chill. That's it's good. chill time. You can find us at uh, patreon.com slash abnormalmapping. Abnormalmapping can be found also at thebestgame.club. Please support us. Share this with your friends. Uh, we do the best we can uh, with what we've got, and we need people's support because doing podcasts is exhausting sometimes. I'm exhausted uh, right now. We, I can't wait to do the music episode at the end of the year. I'm very excited for it, but we have uh, games to play first. We'll talk about them. I can't wait to talk about uh, Rez and Thumper. That one we've kind of had in the tank for a while as like an idea, and I'm glad I just decided to pull the trigger. You can find me, of course, at EM underscore being on Twitter. I think that's everything. Thank you, everybody. Again, uh, like, comment, and subscribe, as they say in the biz. They do say that in the biz. Yeah. Goodbye. Uh, I think that's it. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's not how that happened. Goodbye. <laughs> and I just play the entire podcast backwards. <laughs> oh, good. Es gibt ein Haus in Neu-Berlin, man nennt es Haus Abendrot. 
Es war der Ruin vieler guter Jungs, von mir, mein Gott, litt ich Not. Thank you. 